Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME-CE credit. Mark is here today for a follow-up of his hypertension. He's been your patient for several years. He's a 49-year-old male and is in good health. He follows his weight and takes his medication regularly. One of his concerns today is that a friend of his at work had a cardiac event, and now he's concerned about his own risk. What can we do to help him? Hi, this is Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School, and joining me today to discuss how to assess fitness and heart risk is Jill Terrian, associate professor and director of the Nurse Practitioner Program at the University of Massachusetts Medical School's Graduate School of Nursing. Welcome to the show, Jill. Thank you, Frank. So poor Mark. Mark's a, a very healthy guy. He's taking very good care of himself. He takes his medication regularly, makes all his follow-ups, and now he's worried. How can we begin interacting with him to help lower his angst? So it's interesting. Why he came in today for his follow-up, he had this recent happening at work from somebody he perceived to be in fairly good health and younger than him mm-hmm. have a cardiac event. So you know, it's, it's, an open, it's an opening for us as providers to have um, to actually reinforce education and reassure our patients. What tools do you use to help reassure him? Are you going to do his uh, cardiac risk assessment? Sure. I think he is, um, we're going to look at his cardiac risk assessment. We know he has hypertension. We know it's well controlled. We have to look at does he have diabetes? And does he have a family history? Um, and what are his cholesterol, his total, his mm-hmm. LDL, and his HDL to look at his risk calculation? But also, you know, having a conversation about Mark about where he's at as far as his lifestyle um, interventions that he's been doing. So there was a recent study about men and their ability to do 40 push ups and their cardiac risk. Can you tell us about it? Yeah. So I want to say this was very well done, but how we can generalize this to our population is another another uh, concern. So this was occupationally very active and fit men, they're firefighters, and um, they were mainly white, and they um, actually looked at them over a significant amount of time. It was a longitudinal cohort study, went over about seven to 10 years, and basically they looked at uh, both, you know, they looked at blood pressure, height, weight, BMI calculation, and also they did um, push-ups on a regular basis. They were assessed yearly um, over time in this study. What did did the study show? The study showed that if uh, these men could do 40 push-ups, they were less at risk for a cardiac event in the future. So 40 push-ups, that's no small number. It is no small number. And, you know, they describe in the study how the push-ups were done and how they were counted, and there was a metronome used, and there was like an 80-second timing of this. Um, and so, and push-ups are really hard to do. So think about uh, the men in this study ranged in age all the way up to 66. Uh, the average age was 39, almost 40. And, um, but the group that could do 40 push-ups had this finding. Okay, so those 
the, that small subset of people who could do 40 push-ups had the lowest cardiac risk over time. That's great for those who did it. Does this tell us anything about people who can't do 40 push-ups? We have to look at, uh, does it tell us about, no, it really doesn't. It, it helps it's, us. It's, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. And let's, let's bring it back to Mark for just a second at mm -hmm. this point, because he's obviously worried. And as you look into his worry, you know, I'd say, Mark, you know, there's this study that came out and, you know, if you can do 40 push-ups, that's something that could tell yourself that you're in fairly good shape fitness-wise and obviously function-wise. But the reality is if you played hockey or football or you've had accidents, your shoulders may not be able to tolerate this. So it's, it's something that is, you know, you can mention to patients, but it's not anything that you would use as a constant measure in your practice. So it's, it's not a cardiac stress test, but it's something to give Mark sort of a place to go to say, gee, my heart is actually pretty good. Right. Right. Okay. So, Jill, um, interesting study. How are you going to incorporate this into your clinical practice? So I think it's uh, something that we do all the time in our practices is we're actually, you know, why did the patient present today? They need a return to work note. Why? Well, I've been treating them for their back pain. They do a job that has lifting. So we have to assess their function, their flexibility, their strength, and overall their fitness depending on what their occupation is. So I think it's something that we do on a regular basis in our practices. Okay, so um, from what you're telling me, Mark's pretty healthy. We've assessed his cardiac risk. He doesn't need a statin. He doesn't need aspirin. He may need some other things, though. Um, what are you going to talk to him about his lifestyle? So I want to know, first of all, you know, what's his diet like and what's his exercise, exercise regime? How much is he getting in a week? That, those are things that, um, you know, they're the cornerstone of all, um, all things hypertension, cholesterol, just in general for fitness and health is to look at diet and exercise. So I'd be reviewing what is he doing and what can he maybe change that will um, reassure him that he is in, he's on the right path and he's doing all that he can to stay healthy. I think you're absolutely right. I think this is a great opportunity to use his anxiety as a, a, a springboard to address lifestyle change. If he's not doing any regular aerobic exercise, set a goal. If he can't do push-ups, maybe 20 minutes of fast walking or maybe 12,000 steps or anything that gets him moving a bit more. If his uh, BMI is creeping up over time, uh, maybe talk to him about uh, changing uh, some of the ways he approaches uh, eating and snacking. And, and in general, uh, have him refocus his angst, not on his coworker, or even on push-ups, but making himself more fit and lowering his cardiac risk that way. Right. And again, Mark came in today. There's an opening there for education and possible, you know, motivational interviewing because he's interested, right? Absolutely. And so I think that, you know, using the, the risk calculator, you know, looking at his age, his sex, his race, his blood pressure, and all his cholesterol markers, has he been a smoker? Uh, is he vaping? You know, these are things that we probably want to know that he can actually have some, um, some change in if that's the case. Great, Jill. Thanks so much. Thank you, Frank. Practice pointer. Higher fitness levels continue to correlate with lower risk of cardiovascular disease. Focus patients' worry and anxiety uh, on increasing their aerobic exercise and other lifestyle changes.
Join us next time when we discuss vaping and its influence and role in smoking cessation. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primemed.com slash podcast and see you next week.